Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800 State Farm. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury. I think it's more than fitting. To start by wishing everyone out there in the Red Sea, Ron Wolfley, a happy new year. A happy new league year. The football has dropped, if you will. The NFL officially open for business as we kick off this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, and there are two kinds of teams, Ron Wolfley, and only two this time of year. You're either remodeling or you're rebuilding. It's one or the other. You're either, I don't know, putting in some new carpet, maybe updating the countertops, or you're knocking out walls and adding a second story. It's one or the other. That's right, Paulie. There's no doubt about it. The league year is upon us, is it not? (laughs) Gotta love it. In fact, you know, if you've been following the headlines in the financial sector, some of the banks have been having issues in America and worldwide. Maybe it's because there's so much money being spent in the NFL. I don't know if there's a correlation or not, but man, is stuff flying. And Ron Wolfley, I think you need a little stat, a little recent history, that the highest spending team in the past seven years has spiked in wins every single year. So there is a track record of immediate wow. success. For example, last year, the Jaguars were the highest spending team in free agency, and they improved by six wins. The year before, it was the Patriots, believe it or not. They were the most improved team in free agency, three wins. Dolphins, the year before, you might remember, plus five in terms of wins. Thing is, it's not usually sustainable. It's immediate quick success, but it's not exactly the path to a decade of dominance. That's what the data shows. That is amazing, Paulie, because once again, when free agency was first out, when the the notion of free agency and the debate of free agency was going on, and this is back when I was actually still playing, it was... It was thought to be the panacea, the end-all, be-all, that whatever team could actually outspend somebody else, man, that was going to be the difference between a winning team and a losing team. Well, Paulie, that necessarily is not the case. So we have the microphone in one hand tonight and our phone in the other tracking Twitter, head on a swivel. You never know what's going to be announced in real time, any moment. And we do have a number of Cardinals comings and goings. We have new Cardinals from the outside. In fact, our special guest tonight, up next, next segment, will be your former teammate, Mark Duda, who has been the longtime coach at Lackawanna College in Northeast Pennsylvania, a junior college, been there three decades, and he was the former junior college coach of Kaiser White, the Cardinals' new linebacker they signed from the Eagles, and we'll get into all that. But let's talk about about who is staying for the Cardinals, starting with Kelvin Beecham, who gets a two-year deal reportedly just over $5 million, three and a half or so guaranteed, 
Give me your thoughts on Kelvin Beecham returning and ostensibly your starting right tackle as for now. Well, first of all, of course, you've got the tangible of Kelvin Beecham and the intangibles that he also brings to that locker room. And you know I'm a big fan. I know you're a big fan of Kelvin Beecham as well. This is a guy, he's not going to go to the Pro Bowl, but he's not going to ever get you beat either. That's the great thing about this signing. This is what I love. Kelvin Beecham is a pro's pro, Polly. A pro's pro. Will Hernandez is a pro's pro. We'll talk about him momentarily. But Kelvin Beecham, to me is the consummate leader inside that locker room a guy that speaks with great intelligence great wisdom and great strength not only in the locker room but also out on the field he's a bit of a dog a bit a bit of a trash talker i got no problem with that he loves the physicality of the game he wants to run the ball he's got the mentality in my opinion that Jonathan Gannon is looking for out of his offensive line. This is a great signing to bring back Calvin Beecham. He was the only offensive player last year to start all 17 games. And as Kyle Vandenbosch pointed out in the Red Sea Report this week, he didn't have to start all 17 games. That's not to say he wasn't injured. It's not to say he wasn't banged up. He was dealing with a lot of injuries. And he finished out a season, even though the Cardinals were on a seven-game skid to end the year. So just yet another reason Kelvin Beecham commands the ultimate respect from everyone in that locker room. And you're right, Wolf. He was my write-in candidate when we voted for governor in the November election. (laughs) I actually wrote in Kelvin Beecham. Now, (laughs) the guy playing next to him on the right side of the line is starting right guard Will Hernandez. He is back on a two-year deal, $9 million reportedly. And here's a guy who played in 13 games last year. And when he did... Man, it was noticeable, was it not? The Cardinals' offensive line was much better when Will Hernandez was in the lineup. Yes, Paulie. Will Hernandez, this signing right here. Let me talk about Will uh, momentarily. But I want to say what this signing means to me, Calvin Beecham and Will Hernandez. I think the strategy overall for the Arizona Cardinals is they're trying to rebuild and raise the floor, Polly, not the ceiling. What do you mean uh, by that? Well, what I mean by that is they're, they're going and targeting guys that are pros. Once again, a pro's pro. Not an all-pro, not a pro bowler, but a guy that is a pro's pro. He's not going to get you beat. He's going to know what to do. He's going to go out there, and he's going to compete. He, he is a starter in the National Football League. And I think when you look at Calvin Beachman, Will Hernandez, Will Hernandez, I thought when he played last year, when he played before he got hurt will hernandez was the arizona cardinals best offensive lineman i I think overall paulie when you look at the entire season he did miss some games as you said but when you look at the entire season i thought will hernandez was the most consistent overall but before he actually got hurt i thought he was definitely the best offensive lineman the arizona cardinals had up into that point now again That means, you know, there were a lot of guys that were banged up and nicked up. How many different iterations of the starting offensive line did the Arizona Cardinals have? I I forget the number. I know you know it, Paulie. It was (laughs) 10 different starting offensive lines by the time we get the end of the year. Yes, it was absolutely insane for the most part. But I love the fact that they're raising the floor. And what I mean by that, once again, is why would you sign one guy who's a – a very good football player, why would you sign him, one guy, to a $15 million contract when you could bring three guys in who are starters, three good players, 
for $15 million. Yeah. They're building it from the ground up, from the floor. Raise the floor, and a lot of different teams have done that over the years. I like what Will Hernandez told our Darren Urban, azcardinals.com, after he signed earlier today. He said, and I quote, I knew I wanted to be back in Arizona. I like it here. I like the team. I believe in the organization. Will Hernandez, a two-year deal. Cardinals also re-sign Greg Dorch, Corey Clement, the running back, uh, four-year linebacker Zeke Turner, and a special teams assassin, right? Matt, yes. Matt Prater's back on board, two years, $7.5 million, $4 million guaranteed reportedly. He's going to be 39 this year. Remember in the 13 games he was healthy, he was 22 of 25 on field goals, 5 of 6 from 50-plus, so Matt Prater is back as your kicker. Then this afternoon they announced they signed Kevin Strong, defensive lineman, last couple of years with Tennessee before that Detroit, and then Yelda Froholt, 6'5", 310. He's an offensive lineman who played all 17 games for Cleveland last year, including a half dozen starts. So there's some of the names initially. Of course, the big name on the departure list, there's two of them. Let's start with Zach Allen, who got big money from Denver to follow Vance Joseph up to the Broncos. Your thoughts on the loss of Zach Allen? Yeah, this, is, this would be raising the ceiling, if you ask me, Paul, right here. Zach Allen, a three-year, $45 million contract right there. Byron Murphy as well. Those two guys would be raising the ceiling as opposed to the floor, and that's what I think they're doing right now. Again, Zach Allen, losing him, that hurts. I don't know how you get better as a football team losing Zach Allen, but it does tell me that this team knows that they're in a rebuild mode right now. The new regime, I think more than anything else, with Monty Ossenford as the general manager and, of course, Jonathan Gannon as the head coach and the new coaching staff, the new regime of the Arizona Cardinals got Zach Allen and Byron Murphy, in my opinion. Yeah. And you saw it coming with Zach Allen. They released the top 100 on NFL.com. He was number eight yep. in terms of all free agencies. He was number two in run stuff rate, the analytics, next-gen stats behind Aaron Donald. So, And he had, a, he had someone who knew him, right? Denver, Denver probably felt a lot better about spending big money when they had his former defensive coordinator in the building in Vance Joseph. And then you had Byron Murphy. Two years, seventeen and a half million. Although reports say it's more like uh, twelve million or so guaranteed, and really a one-year deal. And he's basically replacing Patrick Peterson, who left and went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, I, look, I'm guessing the Cardinals right now are in the market for a number one corner, and if not in free agency, I'm guessing that's the underrated position they're going to target in this draft. Corner. Yeah, Paulie. Uh, you know, it, both these guys. You don't get better when you lose these guys. This defense, I doubt, is going to get better because they lost Zach Allen and Byron Murphy. Um, You know, Zach Allen was developing and was growing so much. When you think of the tutelage of J.J. Watt over Zach Allen, think how much better he actually got as a football player, not only with his hands, not only at the point of attack, but also with sneaky interior pressures. Zach Allen was really, really good with that. And not only that, but reading a quarterback's eyes and passes defensed, getting up just like J.J. Watt, getting up and knocking the ball down. Zach Allen was fantastic at that. And Byron Murphy, before he got hurt, there's no doubt he was having a great year. And I don't know what it is with the Arizona Cardinals and the Minnesota Vikings and the Vikings loving the Arizona Cardinals corners. <laughs> I don't know what it is, Paul. Yeah, I know. But uh, they're cherry-picked yeah. once again. But 
this tells me the rebuild is on in Arizona. I'll say this, too. The Cardinals made a change in general manager, and I'm wondering if Monty Ossonfort was in the trust tree or Monty Ossonfort, you know, how honest he would be if we ever asked him. Because if he was in place a year ago, I really wonder if those deals would have been done at some point midseason for both Zach Allen and Byron Murphy. Now, yeah. the Murph back injury clouded things. I get it, but... For Zach Allen to even hit the open market, I thought he proved himself early enough last season to warrant a contract extension, so I'd love to know what happened in that case. No, you're right about that, Paulie. And again, when I think of Zach Allen last year, you could tell the year before he was getting better. There's no doubt. 2021, he was getting better, but man, did he take off in 2022 just watching him his hands and the use of his hands, getting off of blocks, holding up at the point of attack. You mentioned the stuff rate for Zach Allen, but also, too, just watching him get routine pressure on quarterbacks. You cannot tell me, once again, J.J. Watt did not have a huge impact on Zach Allen. I think we'd all agree that he did. No doubt. Also, the Cardinals cut Marcus Golden. So that was newsworthy in the last Junk. Yep, the last week or so. So we'll see. Look, it's going to be a different defense. And there's the one name we did not cover, the big name so far this week. That's because we're saving it for his former coach in junior college, your old teammate and former Cardinal Mark Duda is going to join us, the head coach of Lackawanna College, the JC, where Kaiser White starred, and he's now coming to the Cardinals. A reminder, you can join the season ticket priority list. Select your seats before the general public. I mean, some of the teams come in the Giants, Cowboys, Ravens, Falcons, and Bengals just to go to to azcardinals.com slash priority list for all the info. Mark Duda next on the Big Red Rage. Let's get 1% better today. Play with that heart. Play with that passion. Bosses do what they want. Suckers do what they can, man. Let's go. LB's on three. LB's on three. One, two, three. LB. Pressure's coming. Minshew in trouble. And Minshew goes down. Could not get rid of it. Kaiser White, one of the first to get there. Picked off. And down inside the 25-yard line, Kaiser White. How about that? Under pressure, Goff hit as he throws. It was deflected by Kaiser White, and it's a pick six. The highly productive Kaiser White. How about 110 tackles last year, seven passes defensed. The year before, the leading tackler for the L.A. Chargers, 144 tackles. He had a couple of picks. You heard one right there. Ron Wolfley. Before we get to our very special guest in an episode of This Is Your Life, a former teammate of yours, would you say you have an appreciation for junior college head coaches, considering you're a former JC head coach yourself? Yeah, Polly. Uh, yes, I would answer your question with a big fat yes, because I was the worst head coach in the history of junior college football. <laughs> the self-deprecating Ron Wolfley. Paul Calvis here. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford and Gilbert. And that is our intro because now we bring in your former teammate, a man entering his 30th season as the head coach of the Lackawanna College Falcons, Mark Duda, the active wins leader in all of junior college, Mark, is that accurate? That is a heck of a stat. More than 200 career wins in your JC history. Congratulations on that, and welcome to the Big Red Rage. Dudes. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's like uh, talking to an old friend here. It's kind of frightening, but absolutely <laughs> all true <laughs> so far. Dudes, you were my first roommate, right? You were, yeah, I'm right, brother. We were roommates. 
we were roommates. I'd like to apologize right now for just the fact that, you know, back in the day, Polly, you didn't get your own room when you traveled. You had to bunk with somebody, and dudes got me. And I apologize right now, dudes. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he drank, he drank more coffee than any human being ever. Oh, yeah. Some things never change. What about the voice? Everybody wants to know, is the voice real? Is Wolf like a former wrestling announcer? Has the voice always been the same, Mark? Always exactly the same. No change whatsoever. The first day I met him, I, he came walking in, and uh, he was a draft choice in West Virginia. Obviously, and I'm from Maryland, so like not the most love, you know, love relationship there. But <laughs> and uh, I said, "Who's that?" And I said, "Oh, that's Rod Wolfley. He's a he's a running back." And and then I, I think I think OJ said you were a fullback. Yes. That part of it for sure, but no, the voice has always been the same. Yeah. Mark, I just got I got to ask you this quickly. Does anyone anybody? Does anyone call you Stosh still? <laughs> you, Bubba Baker, <laughs> right? Let's see who else. There's about six of you guys still, still cooking around and call me Stosh. Now, I know exactly what I, what I hear, and I know exactly who they are, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us, Stosh. All right, so, Not a problem, brother. So, Mark, dude, a fourth-round pick by the then St. Louis Cardinals, 1983. And, and you've had a couple of – you've had a – well, you've had a lot of players. I mean, I mean, if I see this correctly here, you've had more than 400 players in your JC program, Inc. D1 scholarship offers, Whoa. more than 20 have signed NFL contracts, most notably number seven pick overall 2002, Brian McKinney, number seven pick overall, Kevin White, a receiver, and then his brother, Kaiser White, who just signed with the Cardinals on a two-year deal. So right off the top, just give us an initial scouting report on what Cardinals fans can expect in Kaiser White. Now, here's the interesting about him, I think. You know, when I got him, he was a, he was he came out of high school, he was a safety, he weighed about two hundred and two pounds, somewhere in there, but but like real super strong kid. And you knew he was gonna be in a backer, you know, it was just he had that kind of body to him. But he loves football. This sounds so cliche, but it's not. It's not bull whatsoever. He is a guy who loves football no matter what. First down, second down, last down, first game, no matter what. So that enthusiasm you see is not fake. All right, so it's really kind of refreshing to see a guy who flies around like that who really loves it that much. So I think they'll get a great player, and a kid's durable. He'll, he'll go 100 miles an hour. He, just, he doesn't break a toenail and take a week off. That's that kind of kid. So, dudes, if I'm reading you correctly on this kid, this guy's a dog, right? Yeah, he's big time. He's, he's tough. He can cover people. Remember, he has some safety background. Then he went to West Virginia. Wolf, but he was a spur. You know, he's an outside edge kind of like they're like a tween between a, a you know a safety and a backer right and so the kid can really do that so I, I think his ability to cover is really really good too and the kid just come up there and strike it and the best play i think he makes in the super bowl i think quarterback comes gets clean starts running down the field and he just comes back and runs them down from the backside runs them down throws them on the ground i mean so i think the kid is that kind of guy and i think he'll add some maturity and that sounds crazy but he's been in the league a little bit and I think he's a mature guy, a real professional guy. I mean, I'll bet you if you weighed him in today and you weigh him in six months from now, it would be exactly the same, that kind of guy. Hmm. Hey, our guest uh, here on the Big Red Rage, Mark Duda, the junior college coach for Kaiser White. It was the big free agent signing for the Cardinals from the Eagles. And, you know, you mentioned he's a former safety, and that seems to make sense when you look at all the analytics on his coverage ability. He's like an elite coverage linebacker. Is there a correlation there to what he did for you, what he did at West Virginia, and now what he's able to do in the NFL? I don't think there's any question. You know, I think I think when he was younger, 18 or 19 years old, that's all he did, right? He was a he was a half safety guy for us, and you know, was a man guy as well. So he got 
to work on those skills a lot more than a, a backer would do, just a normal guy who played backer his whole career. So and he's been on number two receivers an awful lot in his life, right? So for him, when he works down against the kid in the box, a, a bigger tight end type of kid, I think that's a, a really good matchup for a kid like that with those skills. So you've got Jonathan Gannon, of course. He's going to be the head coach. He was the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, as you well know. Um, do you see Kaiser White being a guy that actually can call defenses? Can he be a guy that makes the checks? Can he be that guy? I think he has football intelligence to do that for sure. I think he did. He did for us in the back half when he was just a kid. And I think he, at West Virginia it's a little bit different. But, you know, Gibby made all the calls there. <laughs> but uh, – I think he, uh, I think he's that kind of kid, and and you know, like a really instinctive guy. You watch him; he's not out of position. I mean, he plays with super intensity. Don't get me wrong, and he's he's super excited, but doesn't overrun a lot of stuff. You know, kind of mm-hmm. keeps in front of it, and I think that's really important. But uh, he'll strike you now. I think he weighs about two forty. Uh, he came to our first game this year because his cousin plays for me. So that's another story. He's going to be a really good player too. <laughs> but, <laughs> His little cousin plays for me, and he's like, he comes up on me, hugs me. He, he looked like a full-grown man, for sure. <laughs> and you know what? That's my question because as a former safety, my first thought was, okay, wait a minute. Um, and I don't study film like you guys, but I'm thinking, all right, how stout is he going to be against the run? Because we know we know he's fleet of foot. There, there's he was mic'd up against the Cardinals this year, and he outraced uh, Kyler Murray to the sideline and make sure Kyler couldn't turn up the field. So you know he can run sideline to sideline. How stout is he if if, D, if offenses you know designate him as the guy and they're going to try and run right at him? I don't think he can run at him. I mean, he's he's a super strong kid. When I first got him, he was probably like a it was kind of crazy statistics. He was probably like a three fifty bench when he came in, which is odd. And his brother, who was a first-rounder with the, with the uh, Bears, was like that, too, super strong. Hmm. And uh, now he's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, full-grown guy now. So, no, super strong. I don't think he has any issue with that. Now, he <laughs> get off a block pretty well, too. So, I don't think he's just going to be like, you know, try to run over the middle of people with, the, with a neck roll on and stuff. We'll stuff like <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, Mr. Neck roll himself. But, no, I don't think he's going to yeah. do that. But I think he's going to like get his hands on people pretty pretty well. Stash, I was just going to say that to you. Can I? Could I take him? Could I? Oh, could yeah. I take this guy? Cut block of his own. Okay, what about what about his leadership, though, dudes? Like, what kind of dude is he in the locker room? You know, he's always been super enthusiastic. You know, like another world's guys. You know, like we have a lot of guys over the years who play, but you'll call him on the phone, and the son of a gun will pick the thing up and start talking about the game, like right after the game's over, you know, like that guy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, here we go. He should have been born in, like, 1961 or something. You know, that, that kind of kid. You'll love him. I mean, he'll never have a day where he doesn't want to play. That's awesome. Like, that's just the way the kid is. So, you'll, I mean, and, and that, of course your head coach knows that. I mean, he's not. He's he's there for a reason. So, he understands that. The kid is – you never have to tell the kid, oh, come on, let's get it going. He's not yeah. that kind of kid. Well, if he's got that kind of energy, that's a that's that's a perfect match for Jonathan Gannon, who is all energy. The Cardinals' new head coach and former defensive coordinator of the Eagles, also the defensive coordinator now. Nick Rallis was his linebacker coach in Philadelphia. Obviously, they know him very well, and vice versa. How critical do you think it is to bring in one of their own guys who knows the defense, can call the defense, and maybe even teach the rest of the guys in the Cardinals' locker room? I think it's super important. You know, I I, I don't think you can ever like count out the fact that these guys, any kind of knowledge they have just makes the learning process for everybody else a little bit faster, you know? So he can move people around a little bit, and, and that just makes things quicker, the transition's quicker. And, you know, he knows what the guy wants. So, I mean, 
going to be a lot easier in practice when when a head guy and his coordinator have been around them. I think it's going to be easier for them. So no, it's great. It's great for them to do that. Like it didn't really surprise me to tell you the truth. It just makes a whole hell of a lot of sense, you know. Dudes, if you don't mind, um, I want to pick your brain on the football universe. We used to have a lot of conversations about the game of football. <laughs> Give me your take on the state of football. Oh boy, I'll tell you. Well, you know, I'm uh, I'm a junior college guy, so I get to see the good and the bad and the ugly of it for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I get to see you know guys coming in who make you know coaches who make five million dollars walking in, you know, recruiting my guys, and then a year later, my my guy's in college and he's making. A million dollars in college, uh, which is just beyond my comprehension. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's really college football anymore. It, it's it's just basically, it's basically pro football played, you know, at a college, in my view. And uh, I think it's kind of terrible because, for me anyway, I think that there's a lot of disparity between what those guys get. Hey, when you're a pro, and and, and guys, Ronnie Wolf will tell you, you know, you he, he was a four, you're a fourth round two Wolf. Yes. You're 4 2. Yeah, you so were 96, though. <laughs> I was 104, <laughs> you dirtbag. <laughs> hey, man, just a little better. <laughs> so, all I got to say is this we knew what we we're going to make. We knew what we were going to make. Yeah. Like, we knew that this was going to happen. Well, these college kids, you got a kid, a guard who makes nothing, and a tackle who makes $400,000. Yeah. The same thing. Wow. 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 Yeah. How do you get team unity? Where does that come from? Yeah. Explain that to me because I'm not that smart, right? I'm just a Polish boy from back here in Pennsylvania, right? So, You're right on it. Uh, I just, you know, it's tough, right? So that's tough because he's driving a brand new car. And you're driving, you're driving the car. You need a screwdriver to start, and that's really difficult. <laughs> hey, our guest is a former Cardinal, Ron Wolfley's teammate back in the day, Mark Duda, former Cardinals defensive lineman, head coach, longtime head coach at Lackawanna Junior College, where Kaiser White was one of his star players. Let me ask you, in terms of being a college coach and going to the NFL, because this coaching staff under Jonathan Gannon is heavy in former college mm-hmm. coaches and a lot of first-time. NFL coaches and the position groups. What sort of transition do you think that's going to be for those guys? Whew, boy, you know, I, I think uh, how old are those guys? Are they relatively young? You know what? Thirteen of them are under forty. Believe it or not. Yeah. No, no, I no, I believe it. Well, well, that's going to help them a little bit for sure. You know, like when we, you know, our kind of, uh, and I said Wolf could always could disagree for certain, but I think we had like respect level for those guys because they were. They were older than us, and we had that coach-player relationship that was kind of branded, you know, yeah. it was like branded on your behind a little bit. Now I think it's a little, it's a little bit different. It's kind of like a relationship, like a working relationship with those guys, a little bit different. So, is it going to work out? Sure, it is. But young guys are going to have a little advantage working with them. I just worry about the, the, the like you know when you're in a hunt and you're really a good football team, you know, no worries, no worries, right? Yeah. Because you're going to kind of buy in. But when you're on a football team, like I remember, we were there once, Ronnie. We had, we're, we're five and eleven one of those years, you know. Yep. It, the buy-in is hard to come by at that point. So I'm, you're hoping that turn it around, right? They get some success early, uh, some belief early, so that those young guys can kind of latch on to those things. You know? Mark, we really enjoyyed it. Thank you very much Thank for the you, time. Dudes. I mean, great stuff. Uh, all the best this coming season. Going to be your thirtieth as head coach. Uh, the Falcons and the alma mater junior college for Kaiser White. Uh, very well done on all these players you've sent, not only to D1 scholarships, but to the NFL. Thanks for the time today. 
Love you, Stash. Take care, buddy. All right, we'll be back with more on the Big Red Rage. Brissett lifts his right leg. They show blitz. Here they come. Jacoby back up in the pocket, looking, throwing. Cooper's open. He's up in the air, and he caught it in the end zone. Touchdown, Amari Cooper. Brissett shotgun with Hunt on his left hip. Brissett looking up in the pocket. He's going to run, and then he fakes. He runs right. He's got the end zone, and he leaps in. Touchdown, Jacoby Brissett. How about a Browns radio? Jim Donovan right there. Jacoby Brissett, had a heck of a season last year before the return to Deshaun Watson. He's looking to be a starter, and he thinks he found that opportunity via free agency in Washington, inking a one-year, $10 million deal, $8 million guaranteed. As we keep track of the quarterback market for the Arizona Cardinals, are they or are they not in the market for another quarterback? That is still an unknown with Kyler Murray. And when exactly will he be back? Will Colt McCoy be the starter or could it be someone else? The names are dwindling on the free agent market. We'll get into that is the Big Red Rage brought to you by Santan, Ford and Gilbert. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and special thanks to your old teammate Mark Duda, the head coach of Lackawanna College and we have a little bit better understanding now, Wolf, of why the Cardinals invested in Kaiser White, right? Based on what Mark Duda said, you understand he's much more than a force on the field, off the field as a leader as well. No doubt about it, Paulie. And Kaiser White, I'm so excited to see what he's going to be able to do playing that weak side inside. Does that kick Isaiah Simmons to the edge? We'll talk about that nope. at some point. No doubt. All right, so here's the quarterback happenings as I see it, and I just jotted them down. Jacoby Brissett to Washington. Baker Mayfield to Tampa on a one-year $8.5 million deal. Sam Darnold to the Niners. Taylor Heineke goes to the Falcons, got pretty good money there. Andy Dalton goes to Carolina, two years, $10 million, $8 million guaranteed. Mike White signs with the Dolphins. Jared Stidham goes to the Denver Broncos for two years, $10 million, $5 million Guaranteed. So here's the quarterbacks as I see him still on the open market, Ron Wolfley. Marcus Mariota, Gardner Minshew, P.J. Walker, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. So I don't know which, how you react to that. i tell you how I react to that. Hello, Colt McCoy, when you start this season. <laughs> There's no doubt about it, Paul. Yes, Jacoby Brissett. Let's start there. We all kind of thought that Jacoby Brissett, because he played for Drew Petzing, and the Cleveland Browns. We all kind of thought that was going to be a very natural fit right here, knowing that we all expect Kyler Murray to miss some games in September. Maybe it carries into October, maybe even further than that. I don't believe it. I'll believe that when I see it. But getting back to Jacoby Brissett, we all kind of thought that was going to be a natural fit right here. Um, Nope. It's not going to happen. And Colt McCoy, that tells me Colt McCoy is going to be okay to start the season. And I'm fine with that. Me too. I am absolutely fine with Colt McCoy being the starter going into September right there. I'm more excited when we talk about Jacoby Brissett. I'm more excited about the offense that I believe Drew Petzing, the offensive coordinator, is going to bring here. You've heard me talk about this before, Polly, but I mean this to the bottom of my butt. The Cleveland Browns were one of the best teams in the league at blending the old and the new, and Drew Petzing was right in the middle of all of that.
that. It was the reason why, again, we all thought Jacoby Brissett was going to come here. That's not the case. But for me, I'm more excited about putting Colt McCoy in that kind of offense than anything else. All right. So what about DeAndre Hopkins? I think we also agree we do not expect D-Hop to be part of the Cardinals' offense this year. Reports out of the Combine were that the Cardinals were among the teams talking about some of their players on the trade block. D-Hop was one of those teams. There's been a lot of noise out there. You thought maybe, just maybe, it could have been the New England Patriots, considering the affinity from Coach Belichick, especially when Jacoby Myers went to the Raiders, but then Juju Smith-Schuster, he goes and signs with New England, so I'm guessing that would preclude... DeAndre Hopkins going to the Patriots, but that doesn't mean that Dallas or Cleveland reunite him with Deshaun Watson. The Giants, there's a lot of noise out of Kansas City possibly being interested in DeAndre Hopkins. I think there's a pretty robust market for D-Hop. What's your feeling? Yeah, Paulie. You know, there was news today. I don't know if you saw it. News today that the Arizona Cardinals got a call from the New England Patriots on DeAndre Hopkins. I saw that, and it was before they made the move for Juju Smith-Schuster. So I don't know if one, if that was cause and effect... Who knows? Boy, I don't know, though. If I, Am I going to take Juju Smith-Schuster? In a, am I going to put him in the same class as a D-hop? No. I, I. It's a good point. And you know what else? Schuster really is more of an inside receiver. Yes. And, and here's, yes, your, here's your other receivers. I just called it up. Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, and Tyquan Thornton. So, yes, they could still most definitely use DeAndre Hopkins in New England. Yeah, so that's going to be really interesting to see how that happens right there. And you know what? Of all of all the coaches he could possibly go and play for, here's here's a little prediction for you, Polly, right now all in right. regard to D Hop. And yep. you know I'm a D Hop fan in terms of how he goes out and plays the game when he plays in between the white lines. I love his mentality. I love how he goes about it. I love how he competes. But here's a guy that preparing to play in a game. He doesn't practice. He doesn't practice as much as his teammates do. Bill Belichick, I know for a fact, is not going to stand for that. If the New England Patriots do acquire DeAndre Hopkins, it's going to be because D-Hop is going to agree to actually practice every day. That's going to be interesting to watch that because we all know the affinity that Bill Belichick has for DeAndre Hopkins. And D-Hop for Bill Belichick as well. So that is a story to watch. No doubt. Look, my hot take is he's going to Dallas, just based on the fact he's been working out in Dallas with Des Bryant and Micah Parsons coming out with some tweets about D-Hop that maybe it's sort of a group effort trying to speak it into existence. We'll see. We'll see. I'll say this much, too, in terms of what the Cardinals get in return for D-Hop. Maybe they wait this out because free agency is thin in terms of receivers, and this is not a deep draft when it comes to receivers. So I, mm. I think that helps the Cardinals market in trying to get return on investment when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins. We'll see ultimately right. what he fetches in a trade. As for the division, Ron Wolfley, let's start with the Rams. They lose Jalen Ramsey. They trade him to Miami for just a third-round pick. Oh, my goodness. Uh, your reaction to that? Um, sold. <laughs> the Rams just stepped up to the microphone and said, we are in a full-blown rebuild, period. He's not going to do us any good right now because we've got to start from scratch for the most part. You're trading one of the best man cover corners in the National Football League, in the football universe, really. You're trading him for a third-round pick? Is that right? No. 
I know he's got a huge salary, of course. Yeah. Well, you paid him that huge salary. So, to me, this this is just an announcement from the Rams that they're in a full-on rebuild as well. Tight end Hunter Long uh, comes over as well for a third-round pick. And, and then they cut Bobby Wagner, who could end up in Seattle. They... He, hey, Paulie, can I just jump yep. in and say, Bobby Wagner? Bobby, you want to talk about a redemption tour last year? Yeah. Bobby Wagner had one of his best seasons as a pro. Very, very productive. His one year there. That, to me, surprised me. He played one year and was so productive, he might go back to Seattle and play. Yeah, they have serious salary cap issues in in L.A. I don't think they wanted to lose Bobby Wagner, but they really had no choice. Leonard Floyd is gone. We talked about Baker Mayfield going to Tampa. All right, let's talk about Seattle as they bolster the defensive line, including signing Dremont Jones from the Broncos. Big money. They normally don't go with the big money free agency signings, but they were a liability in that front seven a year ago, Seattle, and they get Dremont Jones from from uh, Denver, and then they also signed their their old guy, Jerron yes. Reed, from Green Bay. So they bolstered the interior D-line. Yes, no doubt about it. Um, you know what's fascinating? The NFC West has been, long has it been, a very physical, physical division. And I look at the signing of Draymond Jones by the Seattle Seahawks. I look at that and Javon Hargrave to the San Francisco 49ers, that three technique. You want to talk about a destructive force in the football universe, Javon Hargrave from the Philadelphia Eagles. That, to me, it just it doubles down on the physicality, the mentality of the NFC West, and especially when you talk about the 49ers. They're building their team around that defensive front seven. They're building their team around their ability to run the ball and then stop the run. That is amazing to me because we really don't think that much about it anymore in the NFL. It's all about throwing the ball, throwing the ball, and spreading people out. And yet, here they go. They double down the 49ers, who already have an excellent front seven. They double down on Javon Hargrave and the Seahawks returning to their roots with Draymond Jones, two defensive linemen that play against the run and get an interior push. Yeah, and then the Niners, in addition giving big money Javon Hargrave, the 30-year-old, they just signed Cleveland Farrell, the former number 4 pick overall out of Clemson, who was a bust with the Raiders. But, I mean, they just keep adding dudes to that defensive line, the San Francisco 49ers, just heightens the importance of the Cardinals rebuilding their offensive line and rebuilding from the inside out. Other notable happenings, you saw Patrick Peterson go to the Steelers, and then we talked a lot about Ethan Posick, the Brown Center, he re-signs to stay in Cleveland. Maybe the guy he replaced, Nick Harris, might become available. We'll see. We continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Everybody talks about Will Anderson. Yes, he's talented, but it's about the effort that he gives turns into a supernova. Well, Will Anderson doing damage. Anderson It was a simple foot race, and Will Anderson with the sack for Alabama. Well, we talked about, do you double him, do you chip him? Well, sure as heck, there's one thing you can't do is just leave him one-on-one. Swarmed under by Will Anderson. The best pass rusher we've seen in college football in a long time. Quarterback will keep it, and gets taken down. Will Anderson. 
Anderson Jr. lying in wait. It is intercepted. This is Will Anderson Jr. touchdown. As one anonymous NFL personnel executive told NFL.com recently, there's one surefire prospect in this draft, and it's none of the quarterbacks. It's the guy chasing quarterbacks, Will Anderson. That is a known. The question is, will he be there at number three, and or will the Cardinals be there at number three if his name is available in the upcoming NFL draft? It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. Wolf, what says you? I mean, what do you think right now in terms of the odds the Cardinals will end up <laughs> with Will Anderson at number three, or because yeah. there appear to be at least three quarterbacks who are desired by yes. quarterback needy teams that the Cardinals might get an offer they can't refuse. Yes, Paulie. I mean, that's what I think is going to happen, and I still think they're going to get Will Anderson. Do you know why? Because I think the Indianapolis Colts are going to say, we need a quarterback, and there is no way in the world we're going to let somebody jump up to number three in front of us at number four. We're not going to let him jump up to number three and take the guy that we want. I think, honestly, the Indianapolis Colts are the most likely to move up to number three. Take the Arizona Cardinals pick. The Cardinals go to number four. They could still get Will Anderson if they wanted at number four right there. Plus, Paul, I think they could pick up a second-round pick and maybe, maybe even a player. And that, to me, has piqued my interest, Paul. The best thing I've heard all week, Dan Graziano on ESPN saying in one of their NFL shows that Indianapolis is desperate, quote-unquote. Yes, use that desperation to have Indianapolis trade up to number three. You go down to number four, you get quality and quantity. You get Will Anderson, you also get picks. I think the other big question right now is where is Jalen Carter going to end up, especially after the pro day he put in earlier today? Where um, Let's just put it this way. The scouts say it was, well, a mixed reaction where he showed up nine pounds heavier than he was at the combine. Most of the yes. reports say he was, quote, struggling by the end of the workout. He didn't field any questions about the off-field issues. Jalen Carter seems to be plummeting before our eyes, Ron Wolfley. No, there's no doubt about it, Billy. Um, yeah, you don't work out of the combine, and then all of a sudden you're nine pounds heavier. <laughs> you are, you're, you're sending the wrong message to scouts right now. So, Jalen Carter, that's free-falling. Somebody strike up the Tom Petty because he's free-falling right now. Can I also say, going back to the Indianapolis Colts, it's very interesting. They're waving around their center, Ryan Kelly. I don't know if you've noticed this, Paul. Yes. Waving him around right there. Hey, look, everybody. It's Pro Bowl center, Ryan Kelly. You know what? We might be willing to trade him. They're shopping him. That's some of the words that these headlines are using, that the Colts are shopping him. You cannot convince me that that isn't meant to get the Arizona Cardinals' attention. Do the Cardinals need a center, Paul? Yes. Yes. Resounding yes. Yes. Here's my two reactions to that. Number one, the Cardinals have inside knowledge because their offensive line coach, Clayton Adams, was the tight ends coach last year for the Colts, and the year before that, he was the assistant offensive line coach. (laughs) So think about that. They know they have inside knowledge on Ryan Kelly, period. Number two... Are the Colts going to be able to trade him because he has a big contract number? Are they going to be forced to cut him? I don't see a lot of teams trading for him with that contract. He 
he definitely wasn't the player last year that he was earlier in his career where he was an all-pro caliber center. So I wonder if he hits the open market and the Cardinals can just flat-out sign him and he might have that relationship with his former assistant O-line coach that could be the Cardinals' competitive advantage. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. But Ryan Kelly right now, I think the Arizona Cardinals are very, very interested in Ryan Kelly. Everybody has a bad year from time to time. Everybody does. He's 29 years old. Yes, he'll be 30 30 years old when the season starts next year. But this would be a guy that I would be all over whether they have to acquire him or whether they have to just sign him after they cut him, whatever it may be. There's no way I see him just cutting him. Somebody's going to give the Indianapolis Colts something for him. By the way, according to Aaron Rodgers earlier today, quote, my intention is to play and play for the New York Jets. Yes. Says he hasn't been holding anything up at this point. It's the Packers and the compensation the Packers are trying to get from the Jets. So, What are the odds, Paulie? that Aaron Rodgers would go Brett Favre. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be kidding me. The scenario is almost identical. Yes. Hey, season 6 episode 2 Cardinals flight plan premieres oh in a few minutes. That's right, top of the hour via the Cardinals YouTube page. That's youtube.com/azcardinals. Special thanks Jim Almohundro, Cody Fincher, Mark Duda, Kaiser White's former coach and a former Cardinal for on Wolfie on Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Number one, Kyler Murray! You've been listening to the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.